from the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Good morning. Welcome in, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us and staying with us here for hour number two of the Big and Wild Outdoors. Jonathan is at home, and uh, Vince has been generous enough to uh, give us his time and fill in for him, so thanks for that. You're welcome. I wasn't talking to you. Uh, ah. Braden Gunn and uh, Bill George also in the studio uh, today on this beautiful Saturday morning here at the Beasley Broadcasting Empire. Alone, again, naturally. We got yeah. JB. Yeah, well, you know that's us. We're the we're the only. Put that a song. Living, yes. Well, well. Thanks for following the parade, Bill. What are you here to pick up the beads after the show? What's the deal? Jeez. How many years I, have you been I coming just, in here? How do you not know this stuff by now? I did. Oh my goodness. Uh, anyway, this hour uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of other stuff. But one of the craziest ones I I saw this past week was a story. Uh, about the uh, what are they officially calling it? The, the green, green banana? banana, the green banana out in uh, the middle of the Gulf of Mexico, somewhere out there. Uh, our buddy Dean Earl um, claimed to have gone down there about 250 feet into the hole, um, but it, it's it's 150 it. feet down, and then 425 deep. Yeah, I mean you got to go 155 feet before you even get to it. So if you include what he said, 155 feet, so only went, he only went 50 feet into the hole? <laughs> it's like, uh, or 200 feet down in the hole. I, I don't know. But that's when he was doing his whole nitroxy. I was say, that's two tanks oxygen. of nitrox yeah. going down because you're not going down on one tank. His caving days back when he was completely insane. I don't know um, how he did that, dude. I don't either. Um, but uh, they're doing a, uh, some exploration on it to see if it's all connected out there because i don't know they're they're adventurous they uh they want to know if the aquifer is connected in any way in shape form or fashion which i'm I just go ahead and assume that Duh. yeah, yeah that <laughs> it, it probably is somewhere uh, no, no no let me tell you it is yes okay somewhere and, somehow but let's let's spend you know a million or two million dollars trying to research to prove it oh probably more than that because it's been going on for three years i think uh this this research and i don't know what else you got to research there's a hole it's really deep and there's water coming out well of they're it, also so trying uh, to see what marine life lives in there you know besides you know turtle sharks and that they found who cares? Fish. they can't find a goliath grouper <laughs> We're not talking about the FWC. <laughs> These are real scientists that are going out there now. The Dude, FW- do you think do you think we could get the FWC and the scientists to collaborate on catching all the Goliath grouper and dumping them in the hole? No. That way we know where they all are <laughs> and it's all good. And you know, they're not destroying reefs, they're just, you know, eating whatever life forms yeah. they find in there. I don't you know, whatever. Sure, why not? Why can't you do that? <laughs> Those things that pop up all over hey, the place. I, I don't even I know how give, many. I will give kudos, kudos to a couple commissioners. They actually talked about the Goliath grouper and saying we need to be on a faster track than where we are in getting a stock assessment so we could work on getting it. You know what? I find it funny. Those are the smart guys because those are the ones that know when everything else is being distracted, you know, that they can whisper the words Goliath grouper, you know, and try to say these things because – 
without the pandemic and everything else going on, those people are all busy screaming at other people, telling them that they're evil for not wearing well, a mask. Let's say the Goliath is the bear of the sea. It is. It is the one when it comes to, uh, as Bill likes to uh, refer to them as the um, uh, the people who have a voice who don't live here. They're known as what? Constituents. Stakeholders. Stakeholders. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, because some lady in England, uh, you know, gets to visit Florida once every five years, and she wants to go scuba around on some rental thing and see some big giant fish yeah. out there swimming around. I won't be able to see those. And if we're out there, you know, bang sticking them or powerheading them or whatever, then you knocking know, them out, put them in the hole. Yeah, putting them in the hole. Then uh, you know, you can't, she can't see her. Well, fish. I know in August they're, they're going to plan on going a little bit deeper in August, and they're hooking up with uh, Florida Atlantic scientists and uh, Moat Marine scientists, and they're going to try to. Figure out how how deep this thing really is and what's down there. Well, I can tell you this much: it does not go down to the center of the Earth. Why? Maybe because it would be filled with lava, magma. It's not lava till it no. hits the surface. Sorry, my bad. It's magma. It's still hot. It would be magma. <laughs> okay. Does that make make lava great again? What's going to be really <laughs> funny is when they go out there and they spend all these millions of billions of dollars to go out there and see what kind of uh, microscopic uh, life form lives at 500 feet in a green banana. Oh, that would be cool to find out. And then they go out there and then it's not there anymore. Because those things have a tendency to collapse and fill in and then next thing you know, they're not there anymore. It's just a big depression in the bottom of the Gulf of Mexico. Hence my lead into Christmas Pass. Over there, right off of uh, uh, between Ross Island and then, of course, Whedon Island yeah. out there. When I was a kid growing up there, there was a spring right there. Between the two mangroves. Between the two mangroves right there, and it actually kept the pass open. That was one of the reasons why I didn't fill in. That would be cool. And the mangroves closed back up because it was uh, it was constantly boiling water coming out of there. Boiling. Yeah. The boiling, you know, boiling up, you know, from the bottom Not of the... Not hot boiling, but... Cold boiling. It was a temperate go- boiling of around 73 It was bubbling, degrees. Bill. And, uh, Flowing. Then one day we all went there to go fish, and Poof. it's not there anymore. It was gone. And then all of a sudden we were out, as we were as young men, exploring in the other areas of the mangroves, finding, finding secret spots. We stumbled upon that one that wasn't there before, and it was behind the mangrove big golf course. Boom, there's one right there. And as you pointed out, you know, amberjacks, they find those holes. They just swim in a big circle. Right, right. Redfish, man, dude, would sit oh, there and oh. just just circle around it all day. Heyday. You flip a little uh, fiddler crab in there and pff, right there, bam, 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 every time. Just let it fall down the face, the wall, you know. Don't even touch it. No, not a weight, no nothing. Just a hook and a crab, just flip it over there and bang, every single cast. <laughs> Hooking them up. Go there now. Gone. It's not there not there it's not existent there's a nice little deep depression that's now filled in with sand and years of whatever and now they built all those houses back there and it's uh completely changed but they come and go could you breathe a little heavier into the microphone I, mr just, radio guy I decide, oh, all I I can think of is how much water's get, being drilled and sucked out of this state and in saint pete alone they can't support their water so they have to lease all those well fields and, and we get it from pasco <laughs> and Hillsborough right. County. Hillsborough, yeah, over there, the well fields. Yeah. Which we can't hunt. Yes. <sighs> you we got to protect the water so you can't you can't take a deer off of there. You know, years ago, 
over there on the uh, Lando Lakes area over there where those pumping stations are over there. I heard I heard Vince was trying to get that closed a long time ago. <laughs> you know, oh, really? know, you're killing me. <laughs> they were actually looking for an individual uh, to uh, babysit the property. You yeah. know, there's somebody who lives out there. They give them a trailer or whatever, yeah. and they live out there. I will tell you the rest of the story when we come back from break. Can't wait. I came up with a solution for the FWC and the state, and they didn't like what I Does it have them. to do with Braden Gunn? Yes. Well, of course it does. <laughs> it was a great idea. <laughs> All right. I'm going to take a break. So Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by G5 and Brandon Ford. Stay right there. It's good. Bill George on the saxophone. Good job, Bill. <laughs> Welcome in. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Vince and Bill in the uh, studio today. We uh, will take your calls. Don't be afraid. It's 888-404-1010-888-404-1010. Yeah. We're all good. I tell you, all the people, and I, I, I bust on Vince a lot, this last FWC commission meeting, virtually held, didn't have to drive anywhere, and the the amount of people that participated were the same people if you would have had to drive 200 miles. It, it's just all you had to do is listen on a f- your little phone. You could have had your little earbuds yeah, in. This guy, I don't, I can't have earbuds at work. I work. This guy. Yeah, but the Italian's about to come out. Make, really make a telephone call. Put in your public comments. And Bill, Bill, crickets. I run a crew of manufacturers. He's got things to I do. I don't have time to listen to it at work. I can't. Yeah, you can't. No, he I'm not just saying you. I'm just. There was very few. Because Common. they purposely do it in the middle of the day when everybody's working, so nobody can listen. Uh, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta back my boy up on that one. It just seems like they do these times very um, stupidly. It's can you use that word? Uh, it just seems to be a time where it's not very convenient for the vast majority of those who care. I mean, uh, my boy Tom. Anybody? You think about Glenn and everybody that we know that hunts and fishes. You know, they work their butts off during the day. And, yeah. you know, to be able to stop in in the middle of the day and try to uh, so get your two cents in, it's not so that you, easy to you do. you believe it's strategic on their part? Duh. I, I don't know. I don't know if it is done on purpose, but it's done for some reason. Uh, I, I really do. Uh, and I think that's why um, they don't make it very convenient to get around. You and I both know, Bill George, that there are paid professionals who show up at these meetings, who are paid for by other interest groups. Uh, They get their hotels paid for, they got their travel expenses, and they go from each little meeting to each little meeting all over the southeastern United States, Mm -hmm. wherever they're trying to get their agenda in front of whatever commission they're they're talking about. Whether it be bear hunts in Pennsylvania or in Maine, or uh, striper fishing, or whatever. I mean, whatever. They're paid individuals who go there, not lobbyists, but uh, advocates for a certain group, like Humane Society of the United States or, you know, PETA or name them, whatever, Defenders of Wildlife, uh, even nowadays with Sierra Club. There are people who are paid to be at those meetings 
and have prepared speeches. They know the rules. They know all the timing thing. They're just like you. They're very versed in what they do, and they know how to take up all the time. They know how to um, say the right things, and they always seem to be the ones who get heard the most because they show up in mass because they're paid to be there. Do a meeting on a Saturday after the Big and Wild gets off the air, and then see what happens. <laughs> that would be even more so I think. Yeah, I, I think you that mean you're going to take my one day of fishing, and I can't go. <laughs> this was this was a t- meeting where you could have gone from anywhere in the state, anywhere in the world, put a telephone call in, and it it would have been able to be done. And there was very few people doing it. And in other words, just to listen in or to be able to talk to and, talk. Uh, text you back you and could forth. listen or or talk. You can always listen from anywhere. Okay, but. This is allowing you to give public comment and public testimony from anywhere you can get a telephone signal. And it was a toll-free number even. It, I, it wasn't even like it was costing you. You could have gone to a But that's all phone. fine and good if you don't have a job and I, you can sit there and listen to it. I, I, you know, there are some times where you could, uh, you know, excuse yourself to go, uh, you know, do whatever to go listen in the break room or whatever. I mean, I'm... You're risking a job when you do that, but you know I always said if <laughs> they can if they can send my phone and on my phone I'm getting amber alerts, silver alerts, presidential alerts, all that stuff. Why can't the FWC, if you sign up for it, send out alerts says, "Hey, we we have a a, a webcast coming up in an hour or something." That's a fantastic if, idea. If you'd like to participate, follow this link. And and that way it gives me some time. Those people who don't know what's going on, who do have time to listen to it, you would probably get about 150, 200,000 people more than you would if you just uh, you know uh, say follow FWC. Well, I I will say that there was a group of people that were very well organized. Um, we had lots and lots of comments about the water flow down in South Florida. And how we close certain water control structures because of a seaside sparrow, endangered species, critical. Okay, bat, you know, birds, birds in major trouble, but we're killing the entire glades because of a bird and it nests in a particular place, and we're trying to not not raise any water level there, and it's killing everything else. It, it's removed panther habitat, endangered species. It's you got all kinds of stuff. You're flooding the glades at, at certain points in water conservation areas. You're just flooding them, killing anything that's in there, and all because of a little bird. And so there was people from the Miccosukee tribe to gladesmen to public sportsmen to everything else, and we're talking about. Not one or two calls. We're talking about they were inundated with calls. That's and that's because somebody got out there, and I can possibly get them on the phone at, at, at some point here and have them call in about the, the real issues down there. And and this is things that we've been dealing with for decades. You know, yeah. Decades. Yeah, long, Almost long a century. Seriously. And, and so we need a different plan. We need a different way to move forward. We need to find a different solution than just to worry about those, but I, for me, block that area off that they're nesting in, and open up some new water control structures. Whatever you got to do, I don't. I mean, and the thing is, is I the the nesting bird part, as we talked about when they brought up the birds the first time. I go, I'm sorry, don't those things fly? 
Don't they, don't, they, don't they go somewhere else and could find a tree maybe a little taller, you know, that you they could think, nest in? Uh, you know, I mean, do they have to be, you know, biologically three feet off the ground or something? Well, I don't I don't think so. Well, but I, I you know, and I got a text from Glenn. He agrees that if if there was a way. We always encourage people to sign up for the newsletter from the FWC, but not I not always get those. I mean, sometimes I get them, it's sometimes sporadic. I don't. Yeah, or I get four in a row of the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you could send it out as a text to people who sign up either a for it or are license holders in the state of Florida, you know, I know that Bill George likes to say, "Well, everybody's a stakeholder," but I'm talking about if we want to know what what hunters feel about this or what fishermen feel about this, then you should target those people. They know who you are. I got to put my my uh, email address in there whenever yep. I do that. Uh, when I did my fishing license or sportsman's license, they got a phone number in there. That's a fantastic idea. It truly is a good idea. And all that, I mean, it can be a text. I can ignore it or I can go, oh, dude, you know what? They're doing that meeting today. You know, they're going to do it a little at slower this afternoon. I could yeah, step away for 10 It's minutes. around, uh, you yeah. know, 4.30, you know, just before I get out of work. Maybe I can go hide in a warehouse for a half hour or 15 Vince, minutes Vince, or something. he would just go, hey, I got to go to the restroom for a month. Exactly. <laughs> or I got to run out to my car. I forgot my cigarettes. Whatever. I got to go outside. Uh, you I know, whatever. get a dip. But at least you could make an appointment <laughs> to know that, hey, at 3 o'clock today, you know what? Or here's an idea. You know what? If you do it at 5 o'clock or 5.30 when people are stuck in traffic. You get the drive time home. And they could sit there and put it on their Bluetoothy in their car and they could listen to it while they're driving. Uh, Great idea, too. That you could hear it and do it that way so that you can pay attention to it and scream in, in your car and look like a crazy person. If I missed the first 10 minutes because I got out late, but I can still catch it. You don't have to watch That's it. Beautiful. But you can at least listen to it. Make it happen, Bill. You know the people. Okay. I'll start with texting and notifying you. That would be a good idea. You know what? If you just if you, don't do it in a group text, dude, because that'll drive me bonkers. Oh yeah, because then you got eighty six thousand people. I very, very rarely ever do a group. Text. God Almighty! I really? <laughs> Is that true? Because so wait, wait, hold on, let me go back. Yeah, because every time my phone goes blink, 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 it's because me, you, Vince, and Jonathan, and everybody else are all in a tech group text. I, I didn't start it. Who who did Vince? Jonathan, did he? I think so. Well, we can't be mad at him. He's sick. <laughs> you know what? The he's boy's bored. not in a bubble. He's no, no, you know no, what? No, he's no, no, no. If, if Vince is truly going to turn around and be Jonathan, I need you to shave your head because I he that's my um. I am get my hair did I, at I one o'clock. I can tell the mood ring when you get Jonathan mad and the the, the color starts changing. <laughs> it glows. <laughs> I'm getting my hair did at one o'clock. You be all right. We'll be good. You don't know Jonathan may have let it grow back, bro. He's sitting there. He might be looking like uh, Howard Hughes in there. I don't know what he's gonna look like with hair. Kleenex boxes on his feet, you know, beard going, and the whole nine yards walking around his robe all day. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. It's all good. We love you, man. All right, we're going to take a break. Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Vince, Bill, you can call if you want to and join the madness. 888-404-1010. 888-404-1010. Hang in there. We'll be back. I so wholeheartedly agree with this song today, right now. I have got to get away. 
where you it's going. not that bad. You're killing me, Smalls. Do you have to work today? No. I'm gonna go pick up okay. the kids and go, uh, you know, stand around and watch my son destroy the world on Xbox or something. I don't know. Why don't you go fishing? I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. Go, Take him outside. Do something. Do a little wade fishing somewhere. Eh, you know. Where's your sunglasses, by the way? Maybe a good idea. Which ones? The my Keenons? Yeah. They're at the bottom of the uh, the Gulf of Mexico. Didn't you lose some last weekend, too? That was them. That was the Keenons? Yeah. My oh. Keenons. You know, those were given to me by Ari Lyondike Jr. And Who? I lost them. Ari Lyondike Jr., race car driver. Hello. Do you not get out of your... Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was out surfing with uh, my brother and his clan, and we were all out there, uh, you know, and so I took a... Surfing or surfing. body surfing? Well, on that one, I was body surfing, <laughs> okay. and um, but uh, the surfboards, I was... The waves were, you know, for the kids, they were they were rideable, but for us bigger folks, they were, you know, the boards weren't big enough for that kind of stuff, so <laughs> we were out there body surfing. Dude, some really good long rides, man, out at a certain secret spot and then i caught one and got curled over the top and i tried to i felt them slipping and i tried to grab them and they were gone mr florida boy have you not learned anything in your 50 plus years of life if you're in the water wearing your sunglasses you don't have a croaky or something on them i didn't have them on those they don't have the little holy things on you don't need the holy things i got ones that slip over the top i know i don't i don't like those the little wiry things (laughs) that stick out so let's let's lose them yeah, well, you know, I'll call Ari and see if he can get me a new pair. <laughs> <laughs> see if he can get me some new rhinos. Get me some new rhinos, Kenons, man, out of California. By the way, best warranty on the entire planet. I don't care what sunglasses you wear. I got a little scratch on mine, and uh, I called him up on there. I think I told you this one. Yeah. The West yeah. Coast dude's like, no, dude, just send them out, man. We'll just get them fixed up and send them right back to you. Bruh. It was a bro, it was a bra. Bra. <laughs> it was a bra. <laughs> Sent them out there, and I uh, didn't have to jump any hoops. Didn't have to uh, pay $10 pre-whatever and write a dissertation of what I needed the engineers to look at and blah, 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 blah. Just box them up, send them out, You know bro. who got really bad with their warranties was Costa. Uh, Costa dropped the ball. They're terrible. Maybe that's who I was talking about when I went through all the dissertation. Oh, I'm just going to call them out. In. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, they are pretty lousy when it comes out. Every pair, every pair I ever sent over there, their engineers deemed that it was not a, uh, it was not a manufacturer. Well, now you have to send in your money with the That's glasses. That's what I'm talking there. about. No, and ten you bucks. May or may, no, no, it's not ten bucks anymore. It's like almost fifty to ninety bucks. Wait for the shipping label thing and all the other stuff you that they make send you jump them through. Yeah, you got to do it all now, and then you got to send them more money on top of it, and no. then they go may or may not get your glad now. Not this kid. Nope. After the last nope. one, where the lady goes. Well, one, we don't make that style of hammerhead anymore, and two, we don't make that lens color anymore. And I go, well, then why am I sending my glasses back to you? Well, we can, you know, sell you another pair for a discount, Bobby Barber Bar, that don't look like this and not going <laughs> to be anything like your lenses. And I said, what about the other pair where the lens kept popping out? And she's like, well, our engineers uh, deemed that was not a manufacturing thing, so... Uh, we really, you know, we can sell you another pair, you know, for dinner. I said, just put them back in the box. You know, they're engineers, some like 19-year-old kid in the back going, dude, it ain't going to work. Throw them out. Put them back in the box and send me my stuff. I will never buy your product I cannot again. remember the last time I ever wore a pair of sunglasses. Yeah, that's why you have that it's beady, probably, squinty it, look. Yeah, uh, you know, like in the 80s. You should be driving around in some petty van somewhere. I'm surprised you, know, you don't have cataracts now. 
You're out there with those squinty eyes, yeah. like hey, like Charles Bronson in uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. It's like, uh, hey, 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 yeah, your kids back up off me. <laughs> so maybe you should get a nice pair of sunglasses and maybe it'd be like, wow, look, he looks like a we Muppet. Need, we need video for this show because if people could just see your face. <laughs> what? That was a pretty good impression. Of was, was it not a good impression? It was spot on. She's in there dying. Spot She's on. She's in there laughing. Yeah, I was like, you know, I got this funny talk with their, See, when you're talking like that, you talk with your eyes. You're, you're missing. Vince right now has this bug-eyed look. Look at that, bug-eyed. Because that's, that's, that's called monster if energy you can, drink. If you, can, if you can't turn around and see somebody's eyes, you can't you can't hear the whole conversation. Well, I, you know, for a, but if you're a sunglass wearer of any kind, usually for the most part, when you're trying to be a nice person, you take them off or put them on your head or whatever when you have a conversation. Correct. I, I am like you. I do not like to have a conversation with somebody who does not take off their sunglasses. It does bother me. Yeah. But for the most part, um, I find that if you're not if you didn't grow up around water, being surrounded by blue sky, white sand, and reflective everything, yes, where even the houses are painted sparkly, you know, <laughs> I mean, and the roofs were all white at one time, you know, where everything is reflective. Um, I learned a long time ago from the scars on my inside to burning my eyes over and over and over and over again, being out on the water so much. I, I was like you. I was like, oh, I don't need sunglasses. I'll never wear them again. And then when you put them on and they're polarized, you're like, oh, I can see fish 50 feet down. down, down. <laughs> I started wearing sunglasses your world. when I discovered Oakley back in the day. And I've never stopped wearing them. Did you walk he, around going, he, no, I'll be back? He, <laughs> is that all you did? Is that all he, you did? He was wearing Oakley sunglasses and OP shorts. <laughs> yes, sir. I still got a couple pair of OP shorts. I wore the Terminator. OP. I wore, uh, I wore Terminator shades that you bought at 7-Eleven that were so dark that you could not even wear them remotely How about noon. the fold-up ones? Remember the fold-up aviator ones? And, and my shorts of choice back then were the stubbies. Well. I wore the uh, stubby surf shorts. Well, I had just, billabong, OP. No, well, oh, no. You went way uh, overboard. No. Oh, yeah, dude. It, Locals only t-shirt, stubby shorts, bro. Okay, bra. Bra. It's bro here on the west, our west coast. <laughs> our west coast is bro, not bra. But well, we got a snort in there. I guess we do. But, but uh, anyway, if but, you're going to go out and do some fishing today, I wanted to give you a quick little uh, fast cast. Uh, we do have a 70% chance for rain. In typical Florida fashion, it's going to be probably in the afternoon, pushing around, all that kind of stuff. So if you're going to go do it, do it now. Uh, I noticed that it's doing the flush back and forth. I always call it West Coast. In go rain on G5 and then uh, follow me all the way back home and be here. Usually I get the tail end of it by around 7 o'clock, and then it's pretty much over. So throw on your flip-flops, your OPs, and go fishing. What, man? I don't even think they do still make Ocean Pacific. Yeah, they do, actually. I, I got, know that you I know got what? two pairs at the house. I could not believe it. I actually looked up because my kids were watching Brady Bunch, you know, because the Brady Bunch is on Saturdays. And Bobby had a his little shirt with the two feet on it, and he was like, "What is that?" I go, "It's the two oh, from the old Hang Ten. Yeah. And I said, "You know, I used to wear those shirts, man." And I went and I looked, dude, they're still in business. Are they really? Yes. Oh my god. They still make Hang Ten. I was like, you know what? I should get some of these. Just yeah. How the much retro, are they? Like fifty five dollars now the retro for a shirt. Guy. Well, yeah, you know, technology's changed a lot. It's not just some iron on iron on you get from the back of Mad Magazine. Ooh, I am really dating myself on that. I haven't one. had a Mad Magazine in years. Yeah, don't you remember they said the iron ones? You used to take the iron ones and you yeah. could ruin a perfectly good T-shirt. 
Because you never did it right. <laughs> I can't picture you ever owning an iron. <laughs> My parents did. <laughs> as long as I've beautiful. known you, you've never had a shirt that was ironed. <laughs> Even the ones that are supposed to be ironed. <laughs> like if I if I like uh, hang it in the back of the car, it'll like take the wrinkles out of it. Yeah, sure. I, I iron. I, I wet the shirt down. I throw it in the dryer. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I don't want to get off the subject, but you know, we have the we have the room in the house that you know nobody really goes into. You know, it's a Florida tradition. Sure. You know that one. And the living it, room. It, the, well, yeah, it's not the family room; it's the living room that nobody lives in. But um, there's a there's a chest of drawers in there, you know, for storage and stuff. And uh, I haven't been in it for you know a decade. I don't know what's in there. And one day I was looking for, oh, I know what it was. I was looking for a uh, the cap that Diddy wore when we went out hog hunting, that, that sure. uh, fleece, uh, fluorescent orange. I knew it was in one of these things somewhere. I opened the first top of the drawer. It's filled with toilet paper. <laughs> I opened the second drawer. It's filled with toilet paper. Now we know where the shortage came from. I don't know how long they've <laughs> even been in there. I guess you know, it was one of those hurricane, you know, you know, hidden squirrel away things. How big are these drawers? They're big. They're big. You know, big. It's like a chest <laughs> of drawers <laughs> thing. Look at thing. So the first two are filled with uh, with TP. I open the second one, and it's got um, vacuum cleaner bags in that I didn't even know existed anymore. Did you have the vacuum? Yes, anymore? I do. <laughs> and I think I've used the same bag for the last five years because I didn't know I had these other ones in there. Open the bottom drawer. And there's not one, there's not two, but there are three brand new hats. Irons. Irons. Still in the box. Three irons. Three oh, irons. Oh, 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 that was from your college days when you were making grilled cheese. Not mine. <laughs> <laughs> not mine. Uh, the white, I think we got one as a wedding present, I think, and then uh, Leslie bought one and then got another one for a gift somewhere, and they're all, they're still there in the box. But they, I didn't even know they existed. Maybe, like, maybe we can do a raffle. A raffle for an iron? I think I'm really? going to hold on to them for about another 10 years, and they'll be worth a fortune. They're like gold, aren't they? Don't they go up in value or something? Well, why don't you try using one? On what? What do I own that I, that I can iron? Uh, I don't know the wrinkly t-shirt you're wearing. What's wrong with this t-shirt? There's no wrinkles in this. You know what I'm going to iron? I'm going to iron that... That's what I should be doing today. Drinking alone. Drinking alone. <laughs> Call up Dean Earl and see what he's got hidden out in the garage. We need to get over there, man. This COVID stuff's got to stop. Oh, all of a sudden it's we. I got to get over there. <laughs> talking about me drinking alone. Now it's all like, you know what? We need to get over there. Sure. <laughs> Just invite yourself right on over there. It's all good. I miss Dean. Well, we all do. And you know what? Last time I went over to his house to buy a bunch of sanitizer. You know, because he and Cotterman uh, took an entire tanker load of molasses and turned it into, like, uh, moonshine hand sanitizer. I think it's like 9,000 proof. And uh, added some other ingredients into it so that you're not ingesting it. And uh, I went over there, and um, in typical Dean Earl fashion, he was like, met me at the, the garage, opened the garage, handed me the box, and then stood eight feet away from me. 
I'm like, what the, what, dude? He's like, well, COVID, man, you know, you got to be careful. I was like, dude, you got a garage full of hand sanitizer. Pour it all over yourself. You'll be fine. <laughs> hey, have you talked to him about our photo shoot yet? No. What photo shoot? The Magnum P.I. photo shoot with Bill in the Ferrari. Oh, no. No. He's not. No, that ain't going to happen. Dude, we'll talk later. No, that yeah, ain't going to happen. That's not going to happen. It's going to happen. No, no, I don't think so. Uh, I was reminded during the break that before a break that I actually had a, uh, a little conversation to finish up on. We were talking about the well fields over there in um, Hillsborough County. And uh, a number of years ago, they were looking for somebody to babysit the land. That was your job. You know, I guess you did some mowing and tended the fencing and things like that or whatever. And it paid, I think it was somewhere around the range of fifty to $70,000 a year. And that was to babysit the one area over there by Land O'Lakes. How much? Fifty to $70,000 a year. I guess on your experience or whatever it was. I can cut grass. <laughs> that was the that was the uh no, you can't. And then of course you hand. you also have to live there too. I mean it's not like you can live off the area and then do that stuff. So I actually came up with a solution, talked about it on the morning show one time and said, here's what I'll I'd be willing to do. You could pay me thirty grand a year, but yet I also get to uh operate hunts out of there and I get to keep two hundred bucks off of each hunt, and then the state of Florida gets to keep the rest. I could literally make when we went out there and assessed and saw what it was and how many acres it was and all the hogs and everything that were running around out there wild, we came up with a number that the state of Florida would make about a hundred thousand dollars a year instead of having to pay seventy thousand dollars a year, and that's including the salary. If you did hog hunts out there and you did deer hunts out there and possibly turkey hunts as well, you break it down into what they would pay to go and do it. The state of Florida would actually make over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah. If you turn around and want to know where there's some 150 class bucks, it's in the well fields. That eight point that I got that Steve Austin hates me for to this very day because he was out hunting on the backside of the Pasco County well fields. There was a guy that mm-hmm. invited us up and they had a lease out there. And Steve had been hunting all day. And he said, hey, dude, when you get off work, when you get done with the show and everything and the morning show and everything, come on up, drive on up. And I was like, well... I'm kind of tired, so let me go home and eat and change and everything, and I'll meet you guys up there. And so they were hunting up there all day. I showed up probably <laughs> around uh, 3, 30, 4 o'clock. And uh, I pull into the little camp area, and a guy comes back on a four-wheeler, and he says, you Braden?" And I was like, yeah. He goes, come on, I'm going to go put you up in a tree stand. I was like, oh, okay. So I slang my rifle over my back, jump on the back of the four-wheeler. He takes me out there. There's a little, he goes, you can use a climber, can't you? I said, yeah. So uh, he said, there's a climber over there on that cypress tree. That, that's your spot. I was like, okay. So I start climbing up, and he does. He says, oh, throw down your haul rope after you pull your rifle up. And he dipped a little uh, scent on the end of the haul rope, hung it about five, six feet off the ground. I'm standing there, and I'm getting comfortable, kind of looking around my surroundings, trying to get everything memorized, that bush there, that tree there, that Picture thing right there. shooting lanes. Yeah, getting everything, you know, trying to get everything in my brain organized and all that stuff, and I'm kind of standing there. I look across the field, and I see the guy on the, that was on the four-wheeler. He's on another climber, probably about 150, 200 yards away, and he waves. And I'm like, hey, you know, and he goes, he waves again. And I'm like, Hey. You know, like, <laughs> and uh, he's like, he starts waving and he starts pointing towards the, towards the west. 
and I'm going, I, you know, I'll give him the two-handed sign like, I don't know what the Field heck you're goal. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. So all of a sudden I hear, you know, and I look and this whole gaggle of turkeys comes walking through. Right underneath me, about 30 feet underneath me, they just, you know, mosey on through like a bunch of chickens in a hand. You know, so I'm like, okay, I give him a thumbs up, like, okay, yeah, I saw the turkeys, yeah, great. And he starts waving me off like I'm landing on an aircraft carrier, and I'm like, oh, what? What is he doing? I have no idea. And he starts pointing again. He starts pointing, and I'm like, so I look over to the right. Boom, out steps his eight point. Now, wait, how long into the woods are you in now? I've literally been standing in the tree maybe 15 minutes. Oh, Steve must have been hot. So this eight point point comes out with his nose up in the air, sniffing, 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 literally making a straight arrow right to the tree, coming straight to me. And I look over at the guy, and he's going, give me the double thumbs up. Yo, 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 because he saw the deer go into the woods from the other side. So I come over the fence from from the well fields. And was moving my way. So he was trying to get my attention to tell me there's a deer coming in from the west. You should have Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, when you're 200 yards away and you got, the, you know, you're doing the YMCA, <laughs> I don't know what the heck he's talking about. So this deer literally walks under, directly underneath my tree stand and loses the scent because now it's behind him because it was on the rope. And so he just stands there bewildered. He's looking around like, where'd it go? Where'd it go? And he's trying to sniff the ground all that stuff. And then there was the sound of thunder, and it was pretty much over. So That's, he had fed you the deer. Steve was out there. Yeah, I'd, I'd be a little ticked off at you, too. All day. Oh, my God. I'd have been hot. And here's the worst part. I was the only person who shot a deer out there all day. Steve, if you're listening, call the show, so please. So the guy comes over with the four-wheeler. We load the deer up, and by now they heard the shot. So now there's 30 people in camp. And I come pulling in, they're like, Where's uh? Where'd you get this? We've been out here all day. Where where did you know come from? And I was like, Hey, he came walking in, and uh, I shot him, man. I, 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 I mean, need my, my thirty minutes. I'm tired. I got my deer, and I'm out. My camo still smelled <laughs> like my camo still smelled like Tide. I mean, they didn't even lost their scent yet. It was all good. <laughs> Steve goes. So let me get this straight. You just pulled up. You jump on a four wheeler. You go up there, get in a tree, and fifteen minutes later, you shoot a deer. Yeah, yeah, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure knowing Steve, there was. Couple other words. There I was some colorful there. language yeah. involved, and I think it came from the murmuring of the crowd, in which I promptly said, "They go, you want us to go ahead and clean this for you? No, 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 I'll do it. I just wanted to get the heck out of there." <laughs> 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 it's like, thanks for the trip. It was really great. I'll see you guys next time. Bye. I'm going home now. But I never got a call again, so I've never been invited back. It's not my fault. It How's it my fault? fault? It's not my fault. It's Bill Jordan's fault. He's the one who told me to go get an entry. Oh, here's the topper. <laughs> Here's the real topper. Two guys had stood in that same stand uh, in the morning and then in the afternoon and got tired and wanted to go check stand number 14, so they left. Oh. So there were two guys, and they are like, you know, we've seen that deer on the other side of the fence for about two weeks now. Yeah, now hold on now. But but that scent, isn't that cheating? No, how's that cheating? cheating. How's that cheating? cheating? You're luring them in, man. It's part of nature, man. That's How called... Dear lure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a real quick break. Is it? No. Oh, 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 no, no You're confusing us with your hand signals. Is I it guess. this? I kept, is it this? She did I that. Uh, over here. I kept looking over hey, towards she, the door. She's going to give you the, the double <laughs> eagle. The number one, you know, a whole flock of these. <laughs> she was doing it there for a while. I thought maybe there was but, an A point in the hallway. <laughs> yeah.
I don't know. But it was uh, it was a good hunt, and you, it was a good time had by all. You laugh, but but there they, are tons of deer on those properties. The, they have discussed the elimination of deer scents urines in the state at times. I understand that, and we can talk about that when we come back from break. But I was going to ask you, with the amount of and the thousands and thousands and thousands of acres that we have that are well field run by the state and other things, why wouldn't they open those places up for paid-type hunts for the state where you I can don't, apply? I don't want them to be paid. I, I want to turn why not? around. If you, if you want to restrict and have no vehicle access, I'm all good. You, you put designated entrance. You walk, walk in, in. Walk in, walk out. You want to make it archery only? Fine. No no bikes, no whatever. You, you put the restrictions on it and let the people in. And let them go in there and hunt. I look at it this way. If uh, I feel like I'm being uh, left out when you say archery only and all that kind of stuff. I want to get my own. So I say you open up the Pasco well fields for suppressed rifles only. Why? Why not? If you could do archery only, why can't you do suppressed rifles only? Usually if you turn around and are putting something archery only... It's because it's in close proximity to houses and everything else, and you have people who will complain and, you know, just go crazy if you turn around and start opening firearms into there. Suppressed rifles. Okay. Then why don't you do suppressed rifles? Because it doesn't matter. It's it's the perception. Handgun hunting. Uh, handgun hunting only. That would be awesome to have a, a place where you could do handgun hunting only like that. Are you kidding? And then, you know, you charge 200 bucks a head. Or do a lottery system where, you know, you, you pay for a ticket and, uh, you know, the state of Florida gets to keep the money and keep up on the well fields. Ta-da! I just think they need to be open. Not a bad idea. I like your idea, but The state of Florida likes to make money. So if you can incentivize it to where they're going to make money and uh, be oh, happy no. about it, if then why would they If they wanted to make money, they would have done some other things. But money revenue generation is not their primary goal in the wildlife management uh, arena. Then you know what? Then they should lease it out to the public as the highest bidder so that 100 people can come up with uh, 1000 bucks a piece and, lent and uh, lease the land and be able to use it any way they want to. And yeah. if that means opening it up oh, for pay hunts, then uh, they can do that and make their money back. You can hunt any legal game, but you can't take the water. That's ours. I don't want the water. <laughs> I don't want the water. Can I use the water? No, you can't. they got these giant pipes and things like you can't even. Yeah. I don't even know if there's a spigot on the entire place. Listen, I, I grew up hunting Pennsylvania. You got wells all over the place. Gas, natural gas, oil, everything else. It doesn't hurt to be hunting around that type of stuff. It, no, it doesn't. And I will tell you this, uh, hunting in Big, big Wells, Texas, uh, big deer hunting out there. And there are guys out there working in wells and scent of petroleum all over the place. Those deer don't care. Those turkeys don't care. And they, they, hunt, they hunt all around that stuff. It's no yeah. big deal. It's all good. So, Why wouldn't you do that? I'm open it. I'm all open for opening everything and anything for as much as you can, but I'll start with an archery hunt if that's what it takes to get the door open. I want something unique. I want like uh, either a pistol hunting area or uh, suppressed rifles only. That way the neighbors can't complain. What's that noise, George? Did you hear that noise? It sounded like a pop. I don't know what that was. Suppressed rifles still make a noise. Yeah, but it's just it's not as loud. It's a it sounds farther away than it normally would be. 
which makes it all good. What so, are you doing? Who are you talking to? That's all. So, so, so you want you want your maybe maybe we could have a suppressed rifle, twenty two mag at night with a light. No, that's that's unique. Be, that, that's that's very, unique. That's very unique. <laughs> maybe for hogs. Yeah, that would be all right. I dare. I don't think that would be very fair if you're going to do that. But uh, for hogs, sure, I got no problem uh, with that. No, yeah. Let's start with archery. <laughs> pistol only, man. Oh, right. I'm good with pistol only. I'll take my seven millimeter 08 out. I'll take the casual. What you got, Vince? I'm taking my archery. I'm taking the bow. No, you're not. It's pistol yeah. only. 45 mag. What? 44. <laughs> he doesn't even know what it is. 44 <laughs> magnum, I said. I was supposed to say. Not 45, 44. He, he's got fishing, but hunting, he's dead. <laughs> I'm going to take that 45 magnum. I'm going to put it right <laughs> where it is. 44. Right, we're going to take a break. Hour number three is right around the corner. Brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Stay right here. Here we go.